Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Build Show Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Reisinger. You may know me from YouTube, but this is my podcast that we started this year where we get to deep dive into all kinds of topics. And today's topic is one that would be really hard to do on YouTube, but I think in this podcast format is the perfect uh, kind of perfect way to do this. So we're going to be talking today about the business of building and specifically thinking about clients that are really interested in the lowest possible price for a project versus how do we get those clients who are thinking about that to think instead of what's the best possible outcome for their build, thinking about that holistically. Now, today's build show is sponsored by our friends at Builders First Source. If you're not familiar with Builders First Source, this is a nationwide company 550 locations nationwide. They'd merged with uh, uh, BMC. If you're if you're not familiar with them, BMC I've been buying from for like 20 years now, and so now this is a very large organization be- between BFS and BMC. We've been buying from BMC for a long, long time. Window and door packages, truss packages, framing packages, trim, interior trim. Very, very huge catalog of what you can buy from these guys as a builder. So I would encourage you to reach out to those guys and find a rep in your area and sign up for a builder account so that you can get the same builder discount that I'm getting on my projects. So huge thanks to Builders First Source for sponsoring. Today's episode, all about the business of building. Let's get going. All right, guys, from the Rockwell Studios here in Austin, Texas, we're talking about the business of building today. And speaking of the business, on my business side is a guy right here that's made a huge impact on my business. Uh, We're talking again with Steve Leeson. Steve's been on the podcast before. Steve, thanks for joining me today, brother. Appreciate it. So Steve is my COO, my chief operating officer, which is uh, a role that not everybody knows what that means, but it's a little bit of a CFO, a financial officer, but also Steve manages uh, a fair amount of the day-to-day that happens in the back office and the accounting team and the way that we manage our projects from an overall perspective, from change orders, from running our builder trend app to our QuickBooks. Uh, He's got his hands in a lot of uh, cookie jars, as they say around here. And Steve, our topic today on the business of building is really thinking about how do we take customers who come in the door and are very, very uh, focused on the bottom line. For instance, we get a lot uh, or we have gotten a lot of customers over the years who have this expectation of us as a builder that we're going to get three bids for everything on every line item on every job of theirs. Uh, And instead, how do we transition those people to thinking long-term, to thinking more holistically, to thinking about the outcome of their project and not just what's it going to cost to build this house. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I spend a lot of time on that because uh, I sit there and as a project unfolds and the change orders come in and sometimes the change orders are not because of anything the client changed. It's because of a pre-existing condition or a discovery uh, certainly the the pandemic created cost increases and mm-hmm. we're a cost plus builder. So yeah. uh, that created difficulty. We just went through lumber going up in price. Now it's coming down in price. There's a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts. But I thought that in terms of the business of building, I know that when I talk to other builders and uh, that we all feel uh, a need to be very cost competitive. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, 
we also want to deliver a product that we think is a great product and a product that we're proud of. Yep. These are not necessarily, uh, they're, they're somewhat in opposition to each other sometimes. And what is sometimes frustrating is that uh, I can't tell you, uh, I actually read almost all of our email inquiries because it kind of keeps me connected to our market. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that I see over and over again is people say things like, I, I need a bid. I would like you, Mr. Builder, to give me a bid. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the second thing they might say is, uh, I, I need to buy a house. I want to build a custom house, and I want 4,000 square feet, and I have $600,000 to spend. And you're like, wow, where did that come from? How, how did they come up with that number? What's the right thing to do about that? So when I think about it, uh, I think, how do we as builders take a client who is extremely cost-focused and honor that, but at the same time begin to move them to an outcome focus? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes the cheapest way isn't the cheapest way. Yeah. Another thing is, is that sometimes the cheapest way actually uh, – causes you to spend a lot more money on maintenance. Give me, give me an example of those two uh, or one of those two items, uh, either from your life or from one of our clients' lives. Can you, Steve? Well, uh, so for example, one of the things that uh, people may want to talk about is uh, what kind of uh, insulation that they want to do mm -hmm. and um, or what kind of finishes they want to do. I I'll tell you one that really strikes me all the time. Somebody puts in marble countertops. Mm -hmm. Marble is a porous material. It costs a fortune. It looks awesome. It is. When it's first installed. Oh, my gosh. It's pretty. However, it gets stained. Mm -hmm. And how many people reseal their marble? Yep. And uh, I'll give you another example. This one happened to me personally. On my swimming pool, uh, the coping, which are the stones around the top edge of the pool, mm -hmm. My coping is white Austin limestone cut in 12 by 18 inch rectangles, two inches tall. Boy, it was beautiful when it went on. Mm -hmm. And y'all know we had a, a big uh, snow apocalypse. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> For a week, it stayed below freezing, which it never does here. Mm. Now, the problem, and, and I had sealed that limestone. So, the fir first of all, I knew it's a very soft, uh, porous limestone material. Yep. I put the best sealer money could buy on it. And guess what? Water got into it because it was three or four years old. Yep. And even though I'm a, I'm kind of uh, intense about home maintenance, yep. uh, I had not resealed it. Mm -hmm. Water got into it and chunks of it have shaved off. And now I'm going to have to replace entire pieces of coping. Ugh, brutal. Yeah. And there are harder products that you can use, yep. including harder limestones like looters. And they probably cost a little more. They do cost more. But and now there's less maintenance involved, too. That's right. Can so, I interject on, a, on the marble point real yeah. quick here? Two things. As we're thinking about the business of building, marble has come back to bite a lot of builders over the years because it looks amazing. People love it in the magazine photos. Uh, and no matter how much the countertop company makes you sign the disclosure saying, I know it can stain, I know it can ship people still go, I still want it. Uh, so one thing that we've done as a builder is all the times that someone's made that complaint or had an issue, 
we've got a, a kind of a living document, which is our Reisinger disclosures, that's gotten bigger and bigger over the years that says, hey, I know you want this product, which is super cool and super trendy right now, or whatever it happens to be. But here's the downsides of that. And you need to know about this ahead of time when we sign them so that we never have this issue of, hey, you didn't tell me about that. Uh, because that's the worst is when we feel like we didn't, or when a client feels like you didn't set the proper expectation. Uh, and, and even if you have people sign that disclosure, you should continue to remind them, uh, Hey, remember we talked about this. I just want you to know ahead of time, you know, I just ordered that marble and I know you signed the disclosure, but I just want to remind you one last time, uh, you know, to expect that it is very likely going to stain and possibly chip on you and all those things. Uh, And I've done that. We've done that, I think, pretty well, not perfectly over the years. And here's one example that I can think of. Uh, We did a house for a really cool architect not long ago who had specified a lot of marble in clients' houses over the years, had to have it in his house. And even though all that process happened, uh, he still got stains and chips on his and didn't like what it looked like, didn't like the quote unquote patina that it developed. Uh, And they, and, you know, he spent a lot of money on that marble. So it's, I know it's a beating, it's a, it's beating on a drum that's been beaten a lot before, but we need to disclose, 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 and tell people as much as possible the downsides of the decisions that they're making on the, on the projects. Yeah. You know, when I think about our rising or disclosures, it's really nothing more than the uh, it's the history book of the company of everything we did that we didn't think about disclosing yeah. and found out later this client really didn't understand what was going to happen. That's right. And uh, and as a side note, I'm building my own house under construction right now. I love the look of marble as well. Uh, and I've used my houses over the years. I've been I'm coming up on 22 years of marriage. I haven't owned that many houses, but in the three or so or four that I've owned, I've kind of experimented a little bit over the years. And my current house that I've lived in 16 years, I experimented with my countertops. I put concrete countertops in. Prior to that, I'd had Silestone and a remodel that I lived in short term. And I thought this concrete was so cool. It was such the hot countertop in Austin, Texas in the uh, you know 2005, 2010 kind of range. I put it in. I've hated it. My wife... I've found out since really wants a perfect countertop at night before she goes to bed. She wants it to look always the same. She doesn't like patina. She doesn't like things that look dirty. And so in my new house, knowing that I like marble, there's some incredible fakes out there these days uh, of which I think Caesar stone has some awesome ones. And so I'm going to put a Caesar stone fake in, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's a quartz product which is just about impervious to everything probably, but heat, don't put your hot pan down on it. And now when we go to bed and my wife cleans those countertops, uh, they will be nice and perfectly clean. And for years to come, they will look like with the day we installed them. So that that's a uh, both a failure on my part as a husband for putting that concrete <laughs> in without knowing my wife well, and also a win on my new house for, uh, for making a, a informed and smart choice about a material. Right. And, and, I could, I, I can't tell you how many times when we deal with cementious material, and people just don't get it. It's mm-hmm. gonna crack. Yep. Stucco's gonna crack. That is its natural condition. Our background, our background yeah. wall here is stuck cracking. We were talking about that before the start of the podcast. There's two pretty good cracks. Yeah, 
And that's a steel stud wall, too, uh-huh. which is crazy. Uh-huh. And we're in an air-conditioned environment. This is a, basically a fake stucco wall. It's not just real stucco, but it's conditioned on the other side even. So this isn't even a wood-framed wall that could experience movement. <laughs> and it's cracked. Right. And that's what concrete does. It just, uh, God made it that way. Yep. So, well, you know, I think what we want to talk about is how do we move our clients from a cost focus to an outcome focus? Mm-hmm. And for the first thing you have to do, and um, because I'm more of an engineer, finance kind of guy, I'm pretty much upfront, cold, <laughs> give me the facts. Mm-hmm. And Matt and I always teach, tease each other about it because Matt really does a great job of sensing how other people are feeling. Uh, I sense that they just don't understand. <laughs> and, uh, and that's a different way of communicating. Yeah. And well, you've really helped us become bad news first, too, yeah. Steve. Right? We don't need to dance around it. We don't need to wait to give the bad news. Let's not see if it's going to get better. Let's go bad news first. Yeah, and that's become a motto around here. Well, it has, and it's a, and it's a great one. And and once you adopt it, it can sure make your life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But people so often think that they can go to a builder and say, "I'd like to get a bid from you." And I'm going to go to find three builders and I'm going to get three bids. Mm -hmm. Now, the first thing is, are you even ready for a bid? Uh, Do you have a set of plans that convey enough information and enough specifications? If it's a complex home and not a particularly simple home, do you have the engineering? Do you already own the property to put it on? Do you understand what the challenges of that piece of property are? Uh, Do we have to put utilities in? Do we have to put roads in? Where do we store? Matt, you and I, years ago, we went to a house. Somebody really wanted to hang one on the edge of a cliff on Lake Travis. And we basically said, there's nowhere to store any materials here. We're going to have to, everything we're going to put into this house every day is going to arrive here in a truck. And we're going to have a crane sitting here. I remember that. And it's going to lower it down to where it's going to be used. Mm -hmm. Do you all have any idea what that's going to cost? And they go, well, maybe that's why the lot was so cheap. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) I bet so. Zero staging. So the first issue you as a consumer should have is can I give my builder or my general contractor enough information Mm -hmm. so that they can give me uh, an estimate or a bid? If you don't have that information ready, saying to builders, hey, I want to build a 3,000 square foot home, that could, you can build a 3,000 square foot home for $600,000 or you can build one for $3 million Mm -hmm. very easily, depending upon everything else that's associated with it. Yep. So first of all, in the business of building, make sure that you're coaching your clients as to the information you need to be responsive to them. Yep. I think when you coach them that way, what that gives you is the opportunity to talk to them about the outcomes of their decisions. So uh, we have, for example, different ways to do waterproofing on houses. Mm-hmm. We have what we consider to be our uh, lower cost approach, which is still better than what a lot of people would do. And then we have grades above that. Mm-hmm. It turns out, though, that when you just get into just that one aspect of building a house, it's not just the materials that you're selecting to do the waterproofing. It's how they're applied. Yeah, it's mater- It's the labor is big time right. apparent on that deal. Right. And so many times 
the material selection is critical, and that's a cost driver. And then finding the right subcontractor who you have confidence that will install it correctly is the second issue that has to be resolved. Notice in both those cases, we haven't talked about flying them off against each other Mm -hmm. and seeing who's going to do it for less money. The first thing we're deciding is what's the right materials to use and who has the skills to do it. And in today's market, which is different from markets we've been in in the past, when are they available to do it? Yeah, that's right. And do they have the resources? How many houses are they already working on? Not one of those things has yet to address this cost focus that the client has. Yep. But when I, so too often I get a sense that when a, when a builder has somebody come to him and say, I'd like to get a bid, I'm going to talk to three builders, all their alarms go off. And I don't think our clients understand that. Our clients don't understand that we're interviewing them while they're interviewing us. That's right. Uh well, okay, so I understand that you're cost-focused. That's great. I want to honor that, and I want to try to compete for your business. But there's many things that I want to do on your home that are potentially going to be not be the low-cost way to do it, but are going to give you a better outcome either in terms of how it performs over time, mm-hmm. how it affects the way other systems in the house perform, and there's this, uh, a wide variety of issues that get raised. I would tell you that in terms of uh, some of the subcontractors that we use, we don't have three that can do it yeah. the way we want it done. One or two sometimes or uh, often. Right. And look, we want to control costs too. Uh, but there are other things that you should be thinking about. And I think that uh, a, a big fundamental is uh, – How are our clients evaluating a home versus how do we do it? We view, uh, particularly at our company, we view it as uh, we're building a structure that's going to have to have a set of performance capabilities and characteristics that are going to endure and perform for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And... uh, you can put whatever finishes you want in them. You can put the most expensive marble that you want, or you can put uh, a man-made material that's bulletproof. Uh, those decisions are yours, Mr. Client, but your builder's decisions about how they're going to build the structure that's going to contain your finishes and is going to have the floor plan and the the look that you want mm-hmm. – Uh, those are yours. So we're actually, if you think about it, we're actually sort of in this opposition relationship because we're, we're sitting there thinking the, what, how do people evaluate a home they want? They're looking at what it looks like. They're looking at the floor plan and the design and the elements of design. They're looking at the finishes. Uh, we tend to, because of our reputation as being focused on building science, we tend to get the people that are like that and they want to make sure that the home is well built or at least uh, healthy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because of a lot of things that came out of the mold crisis. All of those discussions and all of those approaches to this work are not associated uh, 
necessarily with driving cost out of the product. As you take more, the one of the things I get our team to talk about a lot is I talk to him. I say, look, if uh, if you talk to three guys and each of them gives you a different price and you go with the low price guy and then he doesn't do a very good job, who's going to fix that? Mm-hmm. Uh, is the builder going to fix it? Is the client going to fix it? Is it going to cause a bad outcome later on that we're going to have to go back and fix? These are all really tough questions for us in the home building business to build, particularly when the client says, okay, here's my plans. This is what I want it to look like. And here's how much money I have to spend. Yeah. And wow, that's a, that's an interesting situation. If you think about it, because how many times uh, you almost never have somebody who says, well, I really don't care what it costs. This is just what I want. Mm -hmm. That would make our life very easy. Uh, I don't think we've yet to build a house for somebody. No, I haven't met anybody that's, and, and we don't need our clients to be that way. Let me interject with a quick story on the, uh, three bidder thing. And when someone's talking to me about the three bidder thing, I often bring back this story. We, uh, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know, that, uh, our company operates off a professional services agreement. So when someone comes in the door and, and usually it's Steve that has that initial conversation about bidding, He says, hey, look, we would love to work with you. Um, Here's our professional services agreement. It's usually a, it's not usually, it's a page and a half. It's a very quick agreement. We agree to work hourly and pre-construction to give you some really good information so that as you and your architect or designer design this house, we can uh, give you, go from high level estimates down to very detailed information. But we get paid for our time during that. That's not a, a free estimating time. And occasionally we'll get someone who will say, Gosh, you know, the other builders are, are telling me they'll do that for free. They'll give me a free, quote unquote, bid. And I'll usually tell this story. The last time I did that for free was during the recession, uh, 2007. The architect uh, was Barley and Pfeiffer. They were here in, uh, in Austin, Texas, and they, they do a very good set of plans, very detailed. And I was in dire shape. I didn't have a lot of work. And I said, all right, I'll, I'll do that. And so it was myself and another builder that I knew. Uh, it was actually Branson Fustas with Pilgrim Builders and a third builder that I don't remember who it was and I don't think they're around anymore. And so the three of us were pitted against each other and we had a 50 page, well, maybe not quite. Uh, we had a 50 page spec sheet probably from Barley and Pfeiffer. We probably had a 30 page set of plans, really good, lots of engineering, tons of details. So here are like 80 pages of documents from an architect. You would think that uh, with three builders that are apparently, you know, similar builders, the client said that anyways, that you would get a pretty good price uh, similarity between those three. Remember, this is 2007, let's say 2008, 2009, somewhere in that range. Uh, I spent a ton of time on it. We had a huge, thick two-inch ring binder uh, that we gave the client on our bid package. Oh, this is a cabinet story. Yes, cabin story. We did this one. Uh, we did this house, yeah. In a podcast. Uh, oh, we did it already? Yeah. Oh, this is such a good story, though. I got to tell it again. Okay. So uh, so that I give my bid, and I found out I got the job. And, I, of course, I didn't know where anyone else's bids were. So I get the job, and I, as I get to know the client later on, I say, hey, you know, Ed, 
why did why did you award this to me? You know, it's not because I'm more handsome than these guys. Uh, in fact, Branson's way more handsome than I am. Uh, and he said, well, you were the middle bidder, Matt. You know, the other guy was low. He gave me a, a Excel spreadsheet uh, with the costs, and he was a hundred and some thousand less than you. And the other bidder gave a huge detailed package like you did, um, but he was a hundred or one hundred fifty thousand more, and the price was like one point two was mine. So here we got a bidder who was a similar builder to me. We crossed a lot of subs. I really think highly of him, and he's like you know ten fifteen percent more. And then there's another guy who I have no idea who he is. He's fifteen percent less, and I got the job because I was the middle bidder. And I dug through the bids, and it was like what you're talking about, Steve. Very nuanced changes between, uh, you know, the bids with the biggest one standing out that uh, my friend Branson used a really upper-end furniture-grade cabinetry maker, and I used a more medium-grade cabinet maker. And that plus, you know, 10 minor differences was $100,000, so I use that often when I talk to people and say, look, we can use a range of subs, you know, if if uh, you're looking to bring costs down. But when you use less cost subs, you get less. Uh, you get what you pay for when you build a house. There's no magic uh, half million dollar bucket that you can pull out and still get the same house. And now someone doesn't get to go to Hawaii for six months. This is a very competitive business. Most builders bottom line uh, is somewhere between one and two percent at the end of the year, uh, and subcontractors. I don't know if you've seen them, but not many of them do well in this business. Most of them are struggling to to earn a living and uh, and feed their kids and have a mortgage. So this is not a business where people are are going to uh, the bank on your project. So hiring us early, uh, letting us together work on your project, work on your plans, uh, make good decisions about how to build a well-built house and which subs are the right subs to use for that. That's our value as a builder. And we really want to hire clients that value us. And that's something that Tim on our team has really taught me over the years is saying, look, we want clients that trust us from the get-go. And if we're going through the entire pre-construction process and you can tell that they don't trust you, um, that they're they're not believing what you say, that they don't take your word for it when you say this is really the way we should go on this. This is a really this is the right choice. It's probably not a good client for us, right? Uh, and we have someone right now in in that boat that I just have the sense that they really don't trust us. Uh, I don't think they're going to use us as their builder, anyways. But if they did, I would I would really struggle to sign a contract with them because I don't think that they're going to be a good partner uh, for us in this building process. You know, and I think what you've highlighted there with that story is trust. How do you engage with the client in a way to create a trust relationship? For sure. I want to trust. I trust that the client is going to pay us. Mm hmm. I want them to trust that we will act based upon our professional skills, knowledge, and training Mm -hmm. in 
our best understanding of their best interests. That's right. As a steward of their money. That's right. And their and a steward of their trust for that matter. Right. And that's that's really what you got to move them to. Mm-hmm. So if you if you ask somebody who wants three bids, what are they trying to accomplish? And look, if you don't have that much money and you're building your dream home, you want the most house for the least amount of money. Mm-hmm. That's how us Americans are trained. Yep. And we want to, and, and we, a lot of people's, when you're in the home building business, you become convinced that everyone that you meet used to be in procurement for some large government agency. <laughs> you know, they're just how much for this, yeah. you know, and, uh, what we want to do is we want to have uh, what we call a dating relationship where we're developing a huge amount of trust with each other. Mm-hmm. Because the fact of the matter is, if you don't understand uh, and you're not in construction, uh, you're not going to understand everything we do and experience on this path called building a home. Yep. And you better trust us because... That's what you're hiring us to do. That's right. and, and so how do you, with other professionals that you hire, how do you determine whether or not you want to go into a business relationship with them? Yep. And what's interesting is this is a business relationship that is almost always associated with the largest purchase somebody makes in their life. 100%. So it's a big deal. Well, I think references are important. A lot of people go, well, you only give me good references. Well, that's because I have good references. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> you know, isn't it good that I have good references? That's right. That's right. Uh, Funny enough, though, no one ever calls the references. Well, that's what people think. Uh, I, I, we uh, we have several people on our reference list that uh, Hugo, uh, who was our uh, kind of lead uh, on the client acquisition side would always call these three or four or five references. Hey, this guy's going to be calling you. Uh, you know, I think he's a great candidate. He's going to be calling you. He was really hot on references. Uh, and he'd fall back up. No, I never called. I don't know. And then the next day, Hey, we'd love to hire you. Really? You're going to check. They never call on references. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? No, that's, I, I think that, I think that happens. They ought to check your skills. They ought to check your credentials. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ought to talk to your banker. Uh, That's a great one. They ought to they ought to understand how you're going to manage their money. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole lot of issues there that are associated with trust. Not one of these is associated with the cheapest outcome. Mm-hmm. If um, the thing that I think you can have confidence in is that we will we will try to understand you and your financial situation and your desires for your house. And then act as your trusted guide through a process that gets you as close to what you want as we can get you without putting you in a position to do something that either hiring a really poor uh, builder or utilizing a subcontractor that delivers an unsatisfactory result. Mm-hmm. Then, so, so that's one whole thing about the business of building. So, so my question to somebody who wants to do three bids is what are we trying to accomplish here and what are you looking for and why is this the process we're on and can I show you how we build homes yep. <laughs> and, yeah. and that. There's another whole set of things that we ought to talk about, not on this podcast, uh, but this is associated with how do you save money on a home and uh, what's your purpose in buying it? 
Are you, is your purpose to live there a long time and have it perform really well? Mm -hmm. If that's your purpose, then there's areas where we should consider spending more money and doing things uh, even better. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that the whole bid notion is trying to flesh out, and this is something you mentioned, and I think this should be our last point. Home building is still pretty much a cottage industry. Yeah, there's some big national organizations that are throwing them up. Honestly, I none of us think that those houses are built well enough. Mm -hmm. uh, those, those companies would say they're responding to demand. Yep. Uh, we would say, well, you ought to change your outlook because you should build the homes better. Mm -hmm. That we just disagree. But we, you know, and, and so we set about our company and our business to build homes better and to show people how. That's yep. why that's why we do this. So as we're doing this, uh, I guess the last thing somebody could say is, is well, uh, competitive bidding forces us to be more efficient, to reduce our margins, et cetera. Home building is... Uh, is not a high margin business. Mm -mm. It's very low margins. Uh, there's 10 ways to lose money and one way to make money. Mm, that's for sure. There's a huge amount of risk that we have to manage. Yep. Uh, you know, when one of our trucks that says rising or build on it accidentally hits somebody, I know it's going to be a lot of work for me. Mm -hmm. uh, the amount of insurance that we have to carry for all the things we do, crazy ridiculous. Yep. Uh, and right now, because we have a hot market, retaining our people and people that we've trained and it's invested hard. in, and we have to spend more money to retain them, yep. or our competitors will hire them. Uh, these are all things that are associated with the cost of being a home builder. Mm -hmm. So when when you think that if you if if you look at kind of the three components of what's the good plan what's actually the work that's going to be done and to what level of quality, and then how much is the builder going to make. Uh, if you want us to reduce how much we're going to make, uh, how much is that? It's not that much money. Yep. And we try to avoid that. We try to be very upfront about what it's going to cost and uh, not suggesting that there aren't people out there that have lower overhead. They do. There's also people out there who don't build them as well as we do. Maybe that's what's going to satisfy your need. Uh, but ultimately, the investigation should not start with, I want to see three bids. Right. The investigation should be, show me how you build a home. Show me how you install a window. Show me what your planning process is. Show me your credentials. Show me your ongoing training and education. Mm -hmm. Show me how you manage the money. Are you going to be in business if I need a warranty claim? That's right. Do you have good references? Those are really important questions. And at the end of the day, do you trust me to work for you on your behalf? We, totally. we want to be on the same side of the table with our client, advising them on how to get the best outcome for the home they want to build. And that's that's how we got to that's how we got to get the public to consume housing one video one podcast at a time my friend that's how go. we do it okay steve thanks so much for joining me such a big topic uh i think there's a lot more to talk about on the business of building so i want you to be uh 
thinking about some topics that we could jump on here together on yeah on the business of building yeah one of the things i say is one of the things i want to talk to our business uh building professionals about is risk management hmm. it's huge and uh there's there's money to be made and money to be saved yeah yeah for sure Steve, big thanks for coming on the podcast with me today, guys. If you're not currently a podcast subscriber, we publish every single Friday to both iTunes and all the standard listening uh, locations. But you can also watch our podcast on buildshownetwork.com. If you're not familiar, that's my website that I started a couple years ago. And we've got a great cast of additional contributors besides just me on that website. We've got Jake Bruton in Missouri. We've got Wade Paquin in Rhode Island. We've got... Uh, Brent Hull up in um, Fort Worth, uh, Texas, just a little north of me. And then, of course, we've got Steve Basic, our architect, up in Boston. And we also have some new uh, contributors that are going to be coming on here pretty soon. But they're shooting videos at their job sites from Steve's architecture desk. He jokes about Big Red, uh, his Sharpie, and he's showing people how he's developing his plans. We've got a really good education going on there on Build Show Network. Uh, dot com with six currently six new videos every single week plus the podcast guys i really appreciate your time and your support over the years and big thanks to builders first source for sponsoring uh today's video and of course rockwell since we're in the rockwell studios here if you're not currently a subscriber hit that subscribe button below follow me on twitter and instagram otherwise we'll see you next time on the build show podcast (laughs) 